Is anyone here tonight like myself that has a tendency that when you're driving your car, all of a sudden you might look at the gas gauge and it looks like it's almost on E. Anybody? Anybody ever? Oh, I'm the only person. <laughs> My wife and I were coming home one night from a long day. We were just about to drive into the block where we live and my wife happened to look over at the gas cage and she said, Charles, you better go get gas tonight before tomorrow. And I, like a good obedient husband said, Myrna, I have enough gas to get from here to Jersey and back. <laughs> and so we went home and I had a good night's sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, you know, I had meetings to attend to, things to do, had a lot on my mind. I completely forgot about going to the gas station before I got on the highway. And so as I got on the Grand Central, coming towards Brooklyn, they've since made it nice now. But back in the day, as you would approach the uh, Jackie Robinson Parkway, it's a real, it was a real narrow area. It was like the worst spot you could ever think of to get stuck. And I'm driving, don't stop laughing. And I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, all the red lights on my car go on, and the car starts to go to a complete stop. Right at that spot where, where it was the worst spot you could get stuck at. And I wish I could tell you for the next half an hour that while the traffic was backed up for about a mile, I wish I could tell you that everybody that passed by me said, oh, God bless you, brother. <laughs> And I'm not even going to tell you what some people said. But here comes a member of the church. And he's long, him and his family, they've moved now down south. Keith Friday, some of you know Keith. And here comes Keith, and he pulls behind me, and he says, Pastor Hammond, what's the matter? I go, brother, brother, uh, you see what's the matter. I'm stuck. And he, he graciously pushed me all the way onto the Jackie Robinson to, I think it was Metropolitan Avenue, where I could get off the highway to get out of that mess. And then who do you think came with that red canister of gasoline for me? My precious wife. <laughs> Listen, hasn't anything like that ever happened to anybody here? I mean, you just, you just kind of you overlook something, and the next thing you know, you're just busy, busy. Well, you know, there's a story in the Old Testament, and um, it reminds me a lot about that event. In fact, what's interesting about this passage that we're going to look at in a moment is it makes, this is a prayer meeting tonight, okay? And this passage, it makes no reference to anyone, any, no one's praying, there's no mention of prayer in this passage, and yet God responds to an incredible request in this passage, and he powerfully answers that request under two conditions. And those two conditions are what I want us to lean into tonight, just for a moment, to help us to pray tonight. So if I had to give this little message, I'm not going to be long, but if I had to give this message a title, I would name it this. Lessons about prayer from the healing of Naaman. You might not know who Naaman is. You're going to get familiar with who Naaman is. 
in a moment. He's found in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5. It's a little bit of a lengthy passage, but I'm going to speed read through it, so follow along as I read. Now Naaman, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram, and he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. And Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter, in fact, to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. This boy was going to be loaded. And the letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. And as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? And when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man, Naaman, come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? But how much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? Momos finished. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. And then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. And he stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Bless the reading of his word. Interesting story, wasn't it? Let me just set the stage for you because this is not going to be long, but I want to just set the stage for the two conditions that bring the blessing of God, the healing of God, and they're right in this story. And the first thing that I want you to notice is, number one, that, that Naaman, he was, he's, he's the commander of the Syrian army, okay? He's a man of authority. He's a man of, of, of leadership ability, qualities, all that. At, the, at his word, people come and people go. But Naaman had a problem, and that was that what? That he had leprosy. 
And um, leprosy ha comes in varying degrees. In fact, to me, it's interesting because if you were here on Sunday, Pastor Petri, in his sermon, he made reference to leprosy and he was illustrating the severity of it uh, in, in terms of pain. That lepers, sometimes they had no feeling of pain and they would just, even if they put their hand in a fire, they wouldn't even feel it. And that's how they would be emaciated and all that kinds of things. That was a severe case of leprosy. I don't think Naaman had that severe case of leprosy in this case because he was still the commander-in-chief. But nonetheless, he had, not, he had leprosy. And then we see in this story as we move through it that the favor of God was on him. We read it. God was with him. Even though he wasn't an Israelite, wasn't a Jew, but God was with him nonetheless. God was providentially setting things up for Naaman to get him to a place where he would bring him to himself. And I didn't mention it to you, but Naaman was a proud person. And we're going to see that in a few moments as I read on. But as we read on in this story, we see this girl. She was a servant girl. The Bible says that she was a servant girl to Naaman's wife. And she obviously must have, she saw her master, Naaman, in the condition he was in. And somehow she was bold enough, she spoke up and she said to Naaman's wife, she said, oh, if, the pro if, if Naaman would just go to, the, to Samaria, to the prophet Elisha, he'll cure him. And that was an incredible word that she said, because as you're going to see in a moment, Naaman heeded to that word. But by the way, let me just stop and pause for a moment, because I think I want to make a point. It's not my main point, but I think you need to hear this. We don't know anything. The Bible doesn't give us any indication what this young girl's name was. We don't know much about her. But what we do know is, is that she was placed in this position for such a time as this. Reminds me of someone else in another book where that phrase for such a time as this exists. Anybody know who that was? Oh, you know your Bible, Queen Esther. But let me ask you a question for a moment. Everybody, look at me. Where are you at right now? Where, where, where does God have you right now? And I'm, I'm not talking about whether it's big or small, but ask yourself, where are you right now? Because wherever you are right now, God can use you. He not only can use you, he wants to use you. We need to just speak up. You know, I'm thinking about this lady. This happened a while ago. She came to my office. She wanted counseling. And she said, Pastor Hammond, please pray for me. Pray that God will give me a new job. And I looked at her and I says, a new job? Okay, well, you know, what's the matter with the one that you have? The, the work is just overbearing. She says, no, no, it's not the work. She says, I'm just surrounded by all non-Christians. And I said, really? Join the real world. She said that and she says, I can't, I can't take the way they talk. I, can't, I, can't, I just can't take the worldly environment. And I, and I looked at her. And I says, uh, ma'am, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. But I'm not going to pray that God give you a new job. I'm going to pray that God fill you with the Holy Spirit and make you so bold that when he wants you to speak, you'll speak. And instead of lamenting over the job, you should be rejoicing over the job. That God would entrust you, entrust you with the good news to speak it. And she looked at me, she says, okay, Pastor Hammond. And we prayed. But that's how it goes, right? Don't lament where you are. And as a result of this girl just speaking up, 
the Bible says that Naaman, he listened to her somehow, and then he went to the, to the king of to the king of Aram, and he said, listen, can I go to the prophet Elisha? And the king said, yes, go. In fact, I'm going to give you a letter. I'm going to send you a letter of endorsement. And he does. And little did he know that wasn't going to work, as we'll see in a moment. Because when Elisha took the letter, excuse me, when Nahum took the letter and went to the king of Israel, the Bible says, I read it to you. He says, when he read the letter, he tore his clothes and he says, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? So that wasn't going to work. But um, nonetheless, Naaman, he's there, and now he's going to go, and he's going to go, and he's going to go to the house of the prophet Elisha. And um, notice, as he goes to the house of the prophet of Elisha, the messenger comes to him. Elisha doesn't come out himself. But now this is where I want you to just take a deep breath and just... Just open your heart up right now because here's where the story turns and here's where I want you to see tonight the two conditions that God responds to in prayer. There's a lot of ways that God responds to our prayer, but this, as I was just directed to this story, God, this just leaped out at me this week, really the last day or so, and here's, here's what it is. Number one, two things, two conditions that God uses to bring healing, in this case, to Naaman. And I'll give you both of them, and then we'll explain, and then we'll pray. Number one, God requires humility. Everybody say humility. Humility. And then number two, God requires faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. And these are the two things that God responds to in this story. Notice, finally, and we'll see some more drama, but finally, Naaman realizes something. He he realizes that he can't buy his healing. With all of his money, his chariots, and his horses, he realizes that money is not going to buy his healing. What does he also realize? He realizes that even getting a letter from the king is not going to get his healing. And then thirdly, he realizes that who he is is not going to get his healing. Just because he's the the captain of Syria, that doesn't mean he's going to get his healing. He had to come to the place like you and I have to come to, to that place of humility. And what is humility, my beloved? Humility is realizing that all the props are out and that all God is expecting for all of us, even here tonight, is to just to come to him, bring the need to him, because he's the only one that can satisfy anyway. And Naaman got to that place. Imagine this, Naaman almost forfeited the healing because of his pride. And you might say, well, where do you see that? Well, even in the verses that I read to you, in two different verses, the Bible says that Naaman got what? He got angry. And what was he getting angry about? What he was getting angry about, number one, is is that he he couldn't believe that when he went to Elisha's house, Elisha didn't even come out to him. He had a messenger come out to him. And he says, gee whiz, I mean, I mean, really? You couldn't come out to see me? You know what I call that? Celebrity Christianity. May that not be said of us here today. You know, people go to church. Who's preaching tonight or today? Who's singing? Is though that's the, I thought Jesus was the main attraction. Jesus is supposed to be the main attraction. And here Naaman gets angry. And then not only that, he gets angry a second time. Now what's he angry about this time? Well, the messenger tells him that the prophet said, go. Dip into the waters of Jordan. 
And now he's, put, he's, he's bent out of shape over that. He says, Jordan? Dirty Jordan? There's other rivers that I could go and imagine. He's telling God, what, he's telling the Lord, really, where he wants to get healed. But you're laughing, but it happens all the time. Pride gets in the way. So number one, the prayer that God responds to is the prayer of what? Humility. Humility. And then the second prayer that God responds to is what I call the prayer of faith. In other words, Naaman had to get to the place, as we see in this story, where when the messenger told him, go dip in, that, uh, in the Jordan seven times, he had to say, wow, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm going to do it. Faith is what? The substance of things what? Hope for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. You know, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the seven. And another story I was reminded of, I went to it quickly in my Bible to make sure I had it right. You remember Joshua? You remember in Joshua chapter 6, where God said to Joshua, I'm giving you Jericho. Okay, I'm giving you Jericho, but there's a condition You remember, and the condition is what? I want you to gather all your men, and you're going to march around the city of Jericho once for how many days? For six days. And then on the what? The seventh day, you're going to march around Jericho how many times? Seven times. And I was just reading it before I came out here, and I'm looking at it, and then there's some other details about that I want want you to get the men with the trumpets. They're going to give the trumpet blast, and don't shout until I tell you to shout. But they march around once for six days, just like God told them. And then on that seventh day, they marched around seven times. Just stop and think about that for a second. After about the first or the second time, you would, if you were me, if, I don't know about you, but I would say, do I have to do this seven times? But in obedience and in an act of faith, they did it. They marched around the seventh time. And then the trumpet blast. And then... Joshua said, now give a shout. And when they gave the shout, the Bible says, read it, the walls collapsed and they marched in. There's something about just being obedient to the Lord. Listen to me, brothers and sisters tonight. Obedience, in another portion of scripture, says obedience is better than what? Even sacrifice. And the messenger through the prophet Elisha says, dip in the water, the dirty Jordan, seven times. And he dipped why, why not just dip in the Jordan? No, dip in the Jordan seven times. Once, twice, three times. I'm getting tired already. Four times. And then seven times. And the Bible says, and after the seventh time of dipping in the Jordan, his skin was restored like a little baby. That's the power of faith. That's the belief that we have tonight. This Bible is true. Every word of it is true. Whatever your situation is tonight that you brought in here, if you would only believe, God is able. Put that last verse up, would you please? This is my last verse. This is 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes who? The proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, beloved, therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. I believe tonight that God has brought some Naamans in the building tonight. And I don't mean that you're suffering from leprosy, but there's other kinds of leprosy. God used leprosy in Naaman's 
suitcase to break him down, to break down his proud spirit and to get him to that place where nothing but Jesus would bring cure and healing to him. There's other kinds of leprosy. How about this? The leprosy of a relationship that maybe you're in that you know, you and God know is not right for you. It's toxic. It's not good for you. It's not building you up. And don't tell me about, well, I'm going to bring him or her to the Lord. No, you're not. And it's something that God has been speaking to you about for a while now, but, but you're, 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 not, you're not hearing, you're not listening. But God wants you to bring that to him tonight. Humble yourself. Bring it to him. Maybe it's a situation of a, a decision that you have to make tonight or that you have to make very soon. It could be a financial decision that requires money involved. And you don't want to get involved with that because you don't want to give up the money. But God is speaking to you tonight. Will you believe him? Will you trust him tonight? Those are the kinds of leprosy situations that he wants us to bring to him tonight. Oh, but wait a minute. Maybe you're not a Naaman. Maybe you're not in Naaman's shoes tonight. But maybe, maybe you're like that little girl who just happened to be in the courts of Naaman's house with his wife. And, and you're, you've, been, you've been wrestling with yourself about where you are. Why, God? Why do you have me here? And you've been, in many ways, blaming the devil on it. It's not the devil. God has you there. And he's wanting to see if you'll just speak for him. Just open your mouth. Tell somebody about the goodness of God. Oh, my. I, tennis was a, something that I loved to play in years past. And, and, and listen, before I give you that illustration, there's nothing more than being in the place that God wants you to be and seeing the joy of someone coming to Christ. Oh, nothing is more sweeter than that. And I remember years ago playing tennis. I used to play tennis seven days a week. I knew I got saved because I stopped playing tennis on Sundays. And one of the gentlemen that I used to play with all the time, he's with the Lord now. Thank, thank you, Lord. But um, he wasn't serving the Lord, but he, he saw, he knew that I was a Christian. And I didn't, I didn't broadcast it on the, on the tennis course. Hey, don't forget, I'm a Christian. But I, I stood for Christ. And um, especially when he said, you're not going to play anymore on Sundays? No, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, 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 I need to be in church. And I'll never forget the day I walked into the church. This was back at our old building. I'll never forget the day I walked in there. And as I walked into the lobby, God is my witness. Who's standing there? But this gentleman. And I, I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> he said, I needed to check out this, this, this whole thing about Christianity that you've been talking about. And, and I needed to really see if this is real. Listen, he came in. He gave his heart to the Lord. He served the Lord for all the years that he was on this side of eternity. What a tremendous blessing was. Yes, to God be the glory. Let's give God praise for that. But it's the joy of being where God wants you to be. Or maybe God is just calling you. He's just calling you tonight to just take the step of faith. Just take the step of faith. Humble yourself tonight and take that step of faith. Bow your heads with me right now. I want to pray for some people here tonight before we close this meeting out tonight. I want to pray for you. If you, if you feel like you're in that place that I talked about where Naaman was, like I said, you don't have physical leprosy, but you fill in the blanks 
of maybe the situation that's nagging at you. Maybe it's a besetting sin. Maybe it's whatever it is that you need to just say, Pastor Hammond, I just want to come to this altar and stand here just for a few minutes. I want to humble myself. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about who's watching or who's in the audience. I just want to get out of my seat and just come here and stand here. We want to just, I'll have some of the deacons, the deacons' wives. We'll just stand with you. We'll pray with you. That's what this is, a prayer meeting. Come on, get out of your seat and just come here and stand here at this altar. Or like I said, maybe you feel like you're that little girl. And and you said, wow, you're right, Pastor Hammond. I'm not sure why I'm where I am today, but I receive tonight that I'm where God wants me to be. And I'm going to stop complaining about it. And I'm going to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Open my mouth. Let me tell somebody about the goodness of God and stop complaining. If that's you, come on, get out of your seat and just come and stand here. Or the third category that I just said, maybe you're just, come on, let's, come, come, just move around, move, move across, deacons, help me. Or maybe you're just in that third category where you're just saying, listen, I just want to take that step of faith. Uh, listen, I know if, 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 if Naaman could just dip himself in that, that Jordan seven times, And then look what God did. Certainly I can bring my situation to the Lord tonight. And I bring it to him in faith. Believing tonight. Although it may seem crazy. That's See, that's a trick of the enemy. When he tries to get us to a place. Listen to me, everybody. Where he gets us to a place. Or he tries to get us to a place where we're going to take that step of faith. And he tries to whisper in our ear. Don't do that. It's crazy. What are you going to do that for? No. God wants you to take that step of faith and be obedient to him tonight. And as we're here tonight in this prayer meeting, I got my deacons and my deacons' wives and the pastors are going to help me. By you standing here tonight, you're simply saying, Pastor Hammond, I'm here. And I humble myself and I surrender everything to you. I'm not going to try to buy my way out of the situation. I'm not going to use my education. I'm not going to use my influence. Enough of the letters that have been written for me. I'm standing on you tonight, Jesus. And by me standing here tonight, I'm humbling myself that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever I could ask or to think. Jesus, the most blessed thing tonight is that we don't have to struggle in this surrender. It's just us resting in you. Humility is just simply acknowledging that it's you or bust. That's all it is, Lord. It's not you and something else. It's you or bust. And so by every person that's standing at this altar tonight, we're just simply going on record publicly. We're not ashamed tonight to tell you that whatever it is, we draw the line in the sand tonight and we say no more, Lord. You have your way, Lord. We echo the words of our Savior, not my will, but thy will be done. And so, God, I thank you for every person that's standing here tonight. And God, even as an act of faith, believing you, Lord, we're not going to go by what we see, 
but we're going to go by your word and your promise to us. And your promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And we're not going to let the devil play us tonight, Father. We thank you for bringing us to this prayer meeting tonight. Thank you for all the things that we've already prayed for tonight, for the safety of our city, for the blessing on the UN meetings, for everything that we've prayed for. And now we close out this meeting tonight by this wonderful gathering of brothers and sisters at this altar, just saying, Lord, here we are. We are your vessels. We are your children tonight. And we only want what you want for us because how many know what God wants for us is the best thing for us? He works in us to will and to do of notice his good pleasure. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful prayer meeting tonight. I thank you for everyone that's made their way out here tonight. I thank you for those that could not be here, but they're watching online in their homes or wherever they are, in their cars, wherever they are, Father. So, Lord, we pray blessing. We pray your blessing as our pastor travels back from Scotland. We're looking forward on Sunday to a great report to hear from him of the good things that you have done in and through him in these last few days that he's been away from us. So, God, as we prepare in a moment to leave, we pray that you'll help everyone to get home safely, to just have a good night's sleep, no accidents on the highways or on the buses or the trains or whatever. Get us all home safely and give us a good night's rest. And should you allow us to open our eyes and wake up tomorrow morning, we'll wake up saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. So one last time before we leave, let's give the Lord another, just a thanksgiving, come on, a loud thanksgiving offering to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody, men, you have to show yourself friendly. I want every man to hug at least three men before you leave. Ladies, come on, you got to do the same. Hug another lady next to you. Give him a high five. Give him a bump. <laughs>